0: in capitalism himself, the world's only professional asshole, Aaron Clary. Not enough time. There is not enough time. It was a beautiful day. It still is a beautiful day. The sun has come back out. And honestly, I may just pause this podcast to go back outside. The sun has come out for the first time, uh, I honestly, in any significant amount for about the past two weeks, definitely since I got back from the Southwest. And, uh, I, uh, yeah, uh, no sun and all work make cap. A very sad, depressed boy. And I miss the booze. I really do miss the booze. I, I am starkly aware. Coming up on eight, mo- eight months now with no booze. Coming up on it, not there yet, but eight months, no booze. And they always like, oh, if you want booze, that, that means you're, you're you're doing it wrong. You, it's like no, no, no. I thought the whole idea of alcoholics was that you always wanted the booze, and you acknowledge that you want the booze, and that the booze has more control over you than you do. That you are powerless against the booze, and that's why you abstain from it. And perhaps that's where I'm just a little bit more literal, and I'm not as as religious or philosophical as uh, as the twelve step alcoholics. Uh, but man, I, I have, I'm not joking. I. <coughs> You don't realize it when you're younger because I know I did not when I was a young kid because you have other stuff going on. When you're young... The novelty of the world is still fresh. You don't know what else is out there. You're like, oh, I could do this. I could chase the opposite sex. This education. This school. This college. What's at a nightclub? What's out west? I've never had the money. I can't travel. Let's road trip here. Let's road trip there. I don't know what motorcycles are like. Is this a new video game? What's behind that door in in the latest Zelda game? I don't know. You you just don't know, and so your brain thinks this world is, is full of these unlimited possibilities, which technically it is. But over time, you you discover everything. You discover everything. You figure everything out. Not that you, you have all the answers to the world, but like I said before, after five or six mountains that you climb, you know the seventh, eighth, and ninth one are all going to have rocks, snow, and dirt, maybe a tree up on the top. Um... No that girl you're chasing after she's not going to be the exciting one that that you know that gets your heart all giddy. Guys, remember the last time you were giddy? When's the last time you were giddy? Huh? <laughs> it's a perfect example of what I'm talking. About. Here's the, all you older guys, you younger guys, you see you go out and then you meet this girl. And for whatever reason, chemistry, she says the right things, you're very physically attracted to it, whatever. All these unconscious Darwinistic things are, 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 are firing on all cylinders. And then you get, I don't want to say emotionally invested, but a touch of emotionally invested. Love it. for You get excited. You get hope. You think, oh, might, this might be the one you're excited. And oh, what happens every time? What happens every time? She goes crazy. You find out she was married and separated. Uh, she was drunk. It was just a very happy, agreeable, fun-loving person. But that's only when she's drunk. When she's sober, she's the most boring girl on the face of the planet. Had a date like that. Was making out with her on the dance floor, First Avenue, and we were like, "Yeah, it's gonna be great. I can't wait." We go on a date. That girl was quieter than a church mouse and didn't like me. Did not like me. Oh, but this—that's—that's that's my point. The last time I was giddy, I, I think I was 27, 28, like truly, naively, blissfully full of ignorance, naively, childlike ignorance, when there was a girl I oh, wow, man, I really like her. Skip in on cloud nine with absolutely no fucking empirical evidence, data, or reason that would support that. Just pure stupid dumbass emotion and and wonderful innocent ignorance of youth. Hope and idealism. Uh that was the last time. I think I was 27. And then there was another time, was I 30 or 31 or 32? <clears throat> I wasn't blissfully ignorant and I didn't have hope, but I was definitely giddy. And I think this is one of the most, I don't want to say crowning achievements, but something that I was proud of or an an instance in life where you would say you had passed on to manhood, where, where I had become a man, where I had the wisdom and expertise and experience to not only consciously know what I was experiencing was not to be validated; that I was not to have faith; that I was not to put emotions into it. Um, but I was also experienced enough to say uh, to not let those those emotions override me. So I was giddy. There was this girl. And I was happy. I was like, wow, hey, you know, hold on there, old Claire Meister. Hold on there. Hold on, Colonel Hogan. Just, just chill down now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's this, uh, what happened the last 12 times, huh? Do you remember what happened the last 15 times? Did anything good come of that? There was that time you thought that girl, you were going to go marry that girl because the first date went so well. And it went so well, you decided you weren't going to sleep with her because you didn't want to ruin it. Remember that stupid, dumb, idiotic, ignorantly blissful, dumbass motherfucker back in the, what, late 90s, early odds? Remember that dumbass kid? Let us not have that happen again. Let us be wise. Let us learn from the decades then of experience you had. Let us have a bit of self-respect and at least you come off Looking like uh, like uh, Steve McQueen, Cool Hand Luke. You at least y- you're not gonna get ruined. You're not gonna get uh, crushed. You're not gonna get sad. You're gonna you're gonna for the first time now, pal. You're gonna take your wisdom and experience, and you're gonna play it straight and fly right. I think it was when I was thirty or thirty one. I can't remember. I have to go back and look at. I have to look at the dates. I don't know what I look at. The, it was a long time ago. Say I was cute girl, beautiful girl, we got along, we're salsa dancing, things are going great. And then uh and then sure enough, I said, okay, all right, things are going well. Things are going well, but don't get too excited. It's only been two weeks. Yeah, everything everything yeah, okay, all right, just but let's not invest. Let's just chill the fuck out. Steady as she goes, see where, and god damn if that wasn't the most right and brilliant and foresightful thing I've ever done in my life. Okay, not my life, but definitely within my data is one of the best moments. Because sure as shit, all of a sudden, I call her, she calls me, I call her, she calls me, I call her, er, I call her, er, waiting, waiting, and waiting. Also, the calls stopped. And that's and I knew I knew like within an hour like yep something has happened so I knew you knew the other shoe was going to drop you knew it I remember my friends you know I remember this good friend I had he was a nice guy he says you know Aaron because he had known I'd gone through a rough time you know it was very rough and and I I say, yeah there's this guy is like wow she really you know I I I just this and that and I think you know and I say well well we'll see we'll see it's like you know Aaron. Good things do happen. He knew I had a lot of bad shit. He's like, you know, Aaron, he had to remind me, good things do happen. And even then, oh, that was the other thing. You know, the other shoe's not going to drop on this one. I say, oh, we'll we'll wait for the other shoe not to drop. And the other shoe dropped. And I'm going to go like, bam, right in your face. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, I predicted that shit. It feels so good. Like, because it's so rare you get a victory over these evil fucking whores. It's just so rare because you don't know you want to be nice enough. But then when well, you tell a girl off, you kick her out of your car, you stand her up. And then uh, this one I I <laughs> break up. <laughs> I'll continue with the story, then we'll get back to my original point. Um uh, Oh, I gotta, why do, we, what, hang on, let me take a note. No, nah, that's right, we're talking about booze. That's another, lie. I'll get back on the tangent. People say I can't get back on it, we'll get back. But sure enough, like, the calls were coming in, and I was just like, yeah, okay, that's the way. I didn't even get upset. I didn't even bother calling her. I know, like, what's going on? Yeah. None of that stupid, dopey, pussy beta boy shit. It's just like, eh, I gotta go play video games now. I'm gonna go date the other girl. I wanna I this is not gonna interrupt my life. And then the weirdest fucking shit happened. I was at um at my bar and she was downstairs and I didn't know she was downstairs. And all of a sudden someone came up and says, Hey, that girl's downstairs. I say, Oh good. And so we had not talked for probably oh two weeks, maybe even three. So there's no conversation, there's no email, no nothing. You know, and I'm just like, oh, okay, she's dead, and, and I I was cool, I was cool hand luke, I was Steve McQueen all the way. Kula Hiltz. Or is it Hilt? So all of a sudden she comes up, she's like, Hi, gives me this big hug. Like there wasn't this three week hiatus. And I I mean, and so fast I was like, Oh, let's play along with this. I gotta see where this one goes. I'm like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> and she had her parents with her. And she's like, you know, Cappy, I want to introduce you to my mom and dad. And I'm like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, this is weird. And then the parents say, oh, this is the guy you're talking about. And then I tried so hard not to laugh. I was trying so hard not to laugh because I wanted to say, oh, were you talking about me this entire time? Just not talking to me for the past three weeks? And I said, ah, yeah, I am. Hi, how you doing? (laughs) Well, we just heard so much about you. You you sound like a really great guy. like, yeah, I am. (laughs) You don't know the half of it. (laughs) I'm so great. Your daughter obviously hasn't told you shit about what's going on. I don't know what's going on, but I damn well know something's going on. And sure enough, through the grapevine, I found out she was banging some other guy who was an ex. And then what I just could not understand for the life of me is how... See, This, this is t- typical stuff. This is, this is what inevitably beats it out of you, boys. This is inevitably what turns you from one of those hopeful, idealistic, idiot kids into uh, wise sages like us. What I could not understand probably because she's crazy, is if I was this great thing, so you sing in the praises to your parents, and then after three weeks or two and a half weeks of no communication, you have to introduce me to your parents after you just cold ice left and started banging your ex. What What is the thought process on that? What is, what is going through that person's mind? I don't, I mean, we'll never figure out uh, I'm, I'm not tormented over, I'm not looking for an explanation or, or was it resolution or or, or ending, what do they call it? I'm looking for conflict ending, closure. closure, closure, that's what I wasn't looking for closure. I'm just curious, what, out of pure dark humor, What is what is the thought process of a girl with that kind of mentality? I really like this guy so much, I'm not going to talk to him. And I'm going to go bang my ex-boyfriend. But when I find out he's upstairs, I'm going to drag my parents up to introduce him to him. And then I found out, and then once he found out, I wasn't going to ever get back. I don't know where, why. It was It was one of those things, like you would think after not talking for three weeks, isn't that kind of the perfect breakup? You just stop calling a guy and he doesn't harass you. I mean, that he doesn't inconvenience you, you poor girls with that uncomfortable conversation. Well, what's going on? I thought we liked each other. I thought we had a great time. What's going on? I thought maybe, you know, I was doing her a favor. Like, uh, because I just don't care. uh, Okay, fine. See, like she'd be, ah, clean getaway. Clean getaway. But no, then apparently we were dating this entire time. Anyway, the point being, that was the last time I got giddy, but that that was controlled giddy. That's like a controlled fusion reaction that you get to create nuclear energy. All right? It wasn't this big explosion and then there was terror and chaos afterwards. It was just this controlled energy. But that was the last time. And the reason why, and this gets back to why booze exists and just what a, a, a prevalent role booze plays, especially in higher intelligence people, is that inevitably, whatever giddiness, curiosity, wonderment, uh, adventure, the thrill of the unknown. After a while, you figure it out. You run and you do your adventuring. You bang all these girls. You find out, eh, they got a job and no other guy's kid. That's top 5%. You see just what a huge fucking letdown this world and society is. No, you're not going to go and start that bar with your buddies because your buddies knocked up some chick and they got married. No, you're not going to go and become an investment banker or a surgeon because uh, you didn't get into the right school. No, that's not going to happen. No, this isn't going to happen. And yes, you may go do that. And yes, you may go travel here or there. But in the end, after about yeah three decades, four decades depending how much money you have and more importantly, how much freedom you have and how aggressively you attack these things, everything has a life cycle. Everything has an expiration date in terms of its excitement and novelty you'll provide to your life and your mentality. And it's like, yeah, I mean, right now, it's beautiful and sunny out. I can't wait to go ride my motorcycle. It's too chilly, but I did get them all fired up. I got the batteries working, oil changes, everything. Lots of man points earned today. I was kicking around doing the podcast out in my recording studio with the door open, get a little bit of the sun in there. I decided to do it here, just bang it out, get it done and over with. Uh, But after a while, it's like, I'll go ride my motorcycle. I'll go do my running. I'll go do Activity X. But in the end, you've done it before. You've done it a 100 times before. And if you keep yourself in shape, you get your chores done, you streamline your processes, and you're very efficient. You don't have debts. Well, you end up with is a lot of time. And as much as you would like to think, there's going to be a group of people. There's an elite group of people somewhere out there who are in the exact same situation I am. They have the freedom. They don't have children. They don't have debt. They got enough money to go do things. They got their motorcycles, too. And, and they're, they're interesting and they're engaging and they have interest. Like, We're going to do things. We're going to find this. No, they don't exist. They don't exist. But you know what does? And that's booze. And booze plays a, an absolute, I wouldn't say critical role. I'm trying to think of the word or the adjective for it. It's like a vacuum. It's like a power vacuum. If there's nothing in your life, booze will fill. Nothing else going on. there's like this... Empty space in your life. It fills it. You got a little bit of time before work. Oh, let's go grab a drink with other people. Oh, it's it's Friday or Saturday night. Hey, let's go to the bar. It's not coincidence. Look at how much we go and worship at the altar of booze. We so Americans certainly spend more time at the altar of booze than they do church. It's It's integral. It's vital. It's a part of socializing, not just in this culture, but pretty much every other human culture. You go have a drink with dinner, you go to the bar with friends, you're going to hork down wings with your piss-ant beer watching uh, the game at Buffalo Wild Wings. It's all over the place. And the reason why, I think, is because, oh, sure, there's the relaxing uh, aspects of booze It lowers your inhibitions. uh, The world would not populate without it. Um, what? Else? It's fun, you know. It certainly takes your mind off of things. It knocks out your brain. That I can certainly see high IQ people. That's definitely one of the reasons I drink or used to drink. But there's some kind of sociological pull and demand. There's got to be an economic value to participating in drinking. And what I think it is is that most people would push come to shove just don't have the energy or the work ethic or the desire to put forth the energy to become really interesting people, to really develop themselves, to go mountain climbing, to write a book, to become a philosopher, to study this or read up on that. Uh, They don't have, I'm going to become a craftsman of some kind. I'm going to, an artist. I'm going to play the guitar like Matt Baldoni. I'm going to paint or draw, or sculpt, like my good friend, the talented Mr. Lee. People just don't pursue these things because it takes too much effort, whereas it takes absolutely no effort, maybe a couple bucks of your time, to pour yourself a shot of alcohol, slam it down. I don't want to say it gives you instant agency, but you just don't care anymore. The problem you run into... And oh, mark my words, this is not, I'm not just bitching and whining about my own life. Oh, ho, ho, no. I'm warning you people out there too. I'm not trying to pay you guys a compliment or kiss your asses. I'm warning you now. The type of people that listen to this podcast, the type of people that come out to the parties I throw and all that, they are starving for mental, uh, mental stimulation, they are starving for uh, intellectual equals. They are happy as hell when we have a meet up or a party, and they get to talk to glorious Carl or Sergeant Greg, or uh, uh, you know the talented Mister Lee or whoever anybody else shows up. But without that, and I, it's very tempting, very tempting. It's like, oh, what else is going on? We got all this free time. We're empty nesters. I could totally see why people go to booze, because what else are you supposed to do? Constantly go and find new stuff. Constantly, oh, I did. I did Kilimanjaro. Everest is next. What after? What's after Everest? There's no solution. There's no end. This chase for the higher fix from adventures, albeit healthier than drinking, in the end, there's no solution. If you can't find enough people to have a critical mass for a social life, oh, I know exactly the role booze plays in people's lives. Exactly. And so when you're young and you don't know anybody, it's not that you don't know anybody, you just haven't explored. There's all this new stuff to figure out. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go to the Grand Canyon. Like if you haven't been to the Grand Canyon, I guarantee you, you probably don't have a huge incentive to drink because you just haven't done that much yet in the United States. If you haven't been to Europe, then chances are you don't drink as much as people who have been to Europe because there's still that new thing. Oh my gosh, I've never done that. You have some to work towards and forwards to. But once you start knocking it out, and another thing is your friends start to go away, due to careers, moving, trials and tribulations of marriage, or just getting old and tired, Oh, then there. Then you got a lot of time to fill up. Especially if you don't have kids. Especially if you got a streamlined career. Especially if you're working from home. Oh, heaven forbid! If you followed my advice in bachelor pad economics, which you should, which you should. Uh just this is just a warning to you. This is just a warning that novelty will go away. You will. Here's the other thing. Think about how little time the average sheep out there has to sit. And think through and philosophize about life. Okay, to solve these life's problems, a lot of questions, a lot of life questions cannot be answered. But a lot of them can't. Most of them won't go answer. You wanna know why? why? Because most people are debt and wage mule slaves. They gotta wake up and commute. They're too tired in the commute to be thinking high end stuff in Molinui. They go to work. You sure as fuck aren't going to be thinking and philosophizing there. You're gonna be doing mind numbing bullshit. You're so physically exhausted that when you leave uh, your your commute, you're not paying attention to that either. Maybe listening to music, or you go to the bar and you just don't care to think because you have no energy to think this through. But once, if you ever get out of that hole or that trap, that cycle, and also you got a little bit of extra free time to really start thinking things through, you got a little bit more free time to realize this epiphany or that. Then all of a sudden, you start acting on these epiphanies or realizations or uh, philosophical discoveries. Then your life gets increased, it gets easier, which gives you more free time to think more about philosophical stuff and coming up with observations and epiphanies that would make your life even easier and more streamlined and free up more free time. And then soon this turns into a good cycle. It's a very good uh, 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 spiral up where you're just cutting, not corners, you're cutting all the fat out of your life. You got all this free time in the world. You can figure out all the, and everybody is still, 95% of the population is still stuck in their fucking cubicle. Like, I, I, how can I put it? I often envy, and I know this is going to sound like, like, not even first world problems, zero world problems. Um, uh, the, the, parents, of little kids nowadays who are completely exhausted. I know several parents like this. The kids are at the age. You can't let them be. They're not 10 years old. They'll grab a knife. They'll do things. They'll do stuff. Infants crawling, running, screaming, all that other stuff. And they they don't even have the time to sit and think about what's going to happen to the national debt. <laughs> Will I collect social... They don't have the time. Their lives are so engaged, so completely uh, spoken for, uh, uh, invested, uh, consumed, that they don't ever have to go and look into the abyss. They're not even aware there's an abyss. Oh, they might know there's an abyss. They don't think about their mortality. That's another thing where my brain is ultimately going. You know when Most people think about death when they're about to die. That's when they start thinking about religion. I think, well, that's a little bit hypocritical, don't you think? Like I I should really maybe go and think about you know not so much religion but what happens after death because it's going to happen. I don't want to be one of those you know cheating fuckers. All of a sudden it turns out there is a god and it is Jesus or the heaven and the pearly gates. And oh how'd you get here? You know like you know I believe there will be two lines: people who found Jesus ten minutes before they died, or people who took the time to figure it out of genuine intellectual curiosity. And then you oh okay you get a higher ranking in heaven. Which, from the description of it, sounds boring as hell anyway. Your dog doesn't go to heaven, only humans. Your dog doesn't have a soul. Well, fuck heaven then. But anyway, these people are so engaged, they their minds are just on food, clothing, shelter. They're so down far on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. They don't worry about self-actualization. They don't worry about, well, am I, you know, geez, you know, the lack of novelty in my life I could climb another mountain, but does it really matter anymore? What motorcycle ride should I take today? Should I pen myself another another song? Should I form another band? I mean, they're, they're not there. What is the point? No, they don't get to the DT level of nilism uh, that DT at blackbrigade.org does. And if you get to that point, that's, I mean, it's it's not all roses and puppies and flowers. Once you get to that point, when you start asking, what's the point and purpose of life? It's really sad what empirical answers exist. Ah, none whatsoever. The sun's going to supernova, and even though you could say you might left the legacy here, the sun, when it supernovas or turns into red giant, is just going to burn up the entire earth, and there will be no historical record of what happened here whatsoever except maybe Voyager which heads out you know because it's got that information on the gold plate but these kids they, they got they gotta worry about simpler stuff you know like uh do we have enough food to pay for diapers or do we have enough money to pay for diapers? Run Jimmy to oh, Jimmy's got an ear infection go take care of that which is exasperating don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not having a pissing match as to who has the bigger problems. I'm merely saying and warning you. That you think, oh, once you get to this fuck you money stage, or at least this minimalistic stage where you don't need to work for anybody else, where you have total freedom. Yes, your old problems go away, but completely new and different ones. A lot of which don't have solutions, mind you. That you, There's no answer to them. That you, you just got to live with it. It's like, yep, that's what it, we don't know. Or there's so few of us who played our cards right, there's no one else to go play with. I really you know who my biggest plague date is it's my little three-year-old niece you wanna know why she's a captive audience and the mob's happy to get rid of her for free babysitting. Hey let's get ice cream hey you wanna you wanna learn how to change oil three-year-old you ever see a three-year-old change oil not very good not very helpful but that's all right you know it, you, they there's it's there it's there another zero world problem or epiphany you'll find out is it has nothing to do with what you'd like to do it's what can you do what people are around to make these opportunities and 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 activities a a feasibility otherwise you're completely solo on your own but that's where the booze comes in that's i i know exactly why people drink i can understand where it's just a social thing i can understand that without it people would need it to breed but for you high-level thinkers, for you people who are adventurers and, and, and have it together, the ones that have no debt, oh, yes, oh, mark my words. It's going to play a role in your life whether you like it or not. All right, let's do some sponsors. All right, we, uh, we have The Real Mark Baxter, uh, another podcast. And if you go kindly visit Mark, just search RealMarkBaxter no RealMarkBaxter.com. He's got his site, but then also his uh, podcast. I think it's on SoundCloud. But obviously at his site, he will be linking towards that as well. On YouTube, we have another vlogger, I guess. I hate that term. I hate the term vlogger. Entrepreneurs and cars. We did a whole interview together, and then we didn't have the audio. (laughs) Like, shit. Two guys' time. Valuable time, by the way, wasted. Also, then we have my Amazon affiliate program if you would like to support the captain, please do so, especially if you don't want to buy any of my sponsor stuff. Like I have, I have no need for uh, the black man's got out of poverty. You're a Swede. You're a billionaire. Like, oh, what? How else can I help the captain? Well, you can help by doing all your Amazon purchases through my Amazon affiliate program. It is not complicated. Please do not over. Oh, my God, do I have to set up the account? right? No, you don't. You just go to CaptainCapitalism.blogspot.com. You click on the Amazon banner. It's to the right. That takes you to Amazon site. And then you buy shit. That's it. That's all you do. You just have to go to my site first so they know that you came from my site, and then that way I get a little bit of commission. costs you nothing extra, but it uh, puts a couple bucks in the old captain's pockets there. Uh, then we have uh, my books, if you'd also like to buy my books. We have Reconnaissance uh, Reconnaissance Man. That's for any of you young boys or girls out there who you, you, you're about to graduate from high school or you're in college, and you're like, I, I don't know what I want to do in college. If you got that... Nagging, annoying little whisper in your head that's scratching your head in your brain in the back of your mind. I, 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 don't. Uh, that you ought to listen to that. You ought to listen to that and get yourself reconnaissance, man, to finally figure out that if you don't know what you're going to be doing in college, you don't know what you want to study in college. Then you should get this book because it'll tell you what to do. We also have the Black Man's Guide Out of Poverty. That's available. <clears throat> What's well, available for anybody to buy, uh, but it's uh, for all black man, uh, black men who simply demand better. We have bachelor pad economics, that's for everybody, boys and girls too. But ladies, I'm not going to warn you, it's a little bit uh, rough, a little bit of locker room talk. And um, if locker room talk is enough to deter you from reading something, well then expect to play second place and always have a wage gap because that's how men make more than you is we're just tougher and we tough it out. So I'm being honest, helping you close the wage gap. Uh, if you want me to lie to you about how to close the wage gap, which is the leftist though so far means handicapped men, take money from men and not raise you to our standards, uh, you can go that route, but then you're still not equal. I am trying to get you to be equal to men because, trust you me, men will love it nothing more than if you girls got to our freaking level and were truly equal to men. Some of them do. Some of you gals out there, you do. You do a great job. Some of you actually are, you uh, surpass us and you kick our asses. But those of you typically whining and complaining, well, you can't glass ceiling. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, you guys just simply don't want to work as hard as men do. That's what it basically boils down to. And that's uh, what you'll find out in Bachelor Pad Economics. Worthless, the young person's indispensable guide to choosing the right major. We're finally about to round out the final uh, semester, quad, qu- quarter of colleges. I don't know how you kids are going to school no more. Uh, that's finally coming to a close. A lot of you have finished your first year, about to finish your first year. You're like, I, I don't want to major in this anymore. I still don't know why I want to ma-. Well, in addition to reconnaissance, man, why don't you go by worthless, the young person's indispensable, and I have to emphasize that word, indispensable, uh, guide to choosing the right major. Um, we have enjoyed the decline. That's for all of you who are uh, starting to realize that the Republicans are going to fuck things up and that there is no hope in the country and you're, you're done. excited. The, the honeymoon period is over with Trump. You want to get back to reality, you can get enjoyed the decline. And then we have a book for everyone who listens to this podcast, Curse of the High IQ, as I was alluding to before, about how a lot of you are going to be on that right side of the bell distribution curve. You're going to be on the envelope and the edge, and you're going to run into more common problems than, how do I fill out a welfare application form? Your problems are going to be a little bit more esoteric, a little bit more advanced, and a little bit more ponderous and thoughtful. And so if you have ever gone through life and it's been a little bit more difficult and you're wondering why the fuck are people so goddamn slow or why is it I just can't find a boss that fucking can tell me what to do or if, if, just get the book. Get the book and you'll be amazed how many problems it ex- explains, describes, some of which it even solves in your life. But it, it goes a long way. A lot of you people, it's like having, I don't know, pancreatic cancer, I guess. Do you even know it until it's too late? It's like having a disease you don't know you have until you go and get checked for it and you're diagnosed like, oh, I got this disease. It, it's, it's a curse. So I called it the curse of the high IQ. It's also a blessing in other regards. But please, get that book. If you're having a hard time in life and you're wondering where a lot of these problems come from, but you, you're, you're out of ideas, You get the book and read it. Or with all my books, you don't have to read it. You can listen to them on audio... Uh, because they're all available at audible.com, or you go to amazon.com, and it'll give you the audio option to buy. The only one that's not available in audio is The Black Man's Got Out of Poverty, because I am a racist and hate black men. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably, it is probably, not in our audience, but there's probably some African American studies major out there. He didn't do it, that's racism, that's racism, yeah fucking assholes i mean real ones not like lovable ones like me and then we have frank servey's book uncle nick burning the midnight and uh oh what was the other one where pretty lies perish uh frank servey spelled c-e-r-v-i uh he wrote two books about uncle nick one called uncle nick and the other one called burning the midnight both are about uncle nick who is a red pill uh fictional character but the epitome of And it covers his exploits and adventures and how he pisses off all the right people, befriends friends, uh, befriends kids, bangs hot chicks, and puts them in their place and does what you'd like to do, but the world is kind of wising up. I do wonder about that. Like, you see him on the internet, you see leftists on the internet, you see social justice, you see him on the internet, you see him out there, but none of them ever challenge you to their face, you know? Been a long time since I was dating, but after a while, girls never pulled that bullshit anymore. Once I, I, I you know, it led me to believe that, it, I, no, it didn't lead me to believe. I'm convinced girls know exactly what they're doing. Leftists know exactly what they're doing when they throw temper tantrums or they engage in this unacceptable bullshit behavior. And then by the time at 30, they know they can't pull that on you anymore because you won't tolerate it. Um,. And that's, that's why you almost have to live vicariously through Uncle Nick because people will smell it. They know if you will stand up to them. They know what they can and cannot get away with when it comes to, to dupes and easy marks. And if you just have the slightest bit of confidence, you walk confident, you're not looking up at the sky, looking at the tall buildings in downtown. That's an old bit of advice. Uh, people know not to mess with you and I think that's why like you're not gonna get a girl you're like how many times have you guys actually been challenged by a feminist huh how many times has that actually happened it only usually comes up you know, like you shouldn't do you th- what get out of here and then you never hear from them again anyway so go get those books Uncle Nick Burning the Midnight and Where Pretty Lies Perish Montrose County let me pull that up now that's a new one I gotta read the description again I gotta read the description again hang on where did it go Oh, did I, let's go to the web. This is on Amazon.com, new sponsor. And it's a, uh, what's it called? It's a, um, uh, what would we call them, a war story? It's not a war story. It's a James Bourne, kind of Vince Flynn type of movie for Sabrina Murdoch volunteering for National Guard duty was the point of civic duty. However, tour and I lack... Iraq left her tattered but still standing. Unfortunately, events she couldn't control when she returned home left her battered and adrift. Leaving her small-town Massachusetts roots in the rearview mirror, she eventually takes on the duties of a deputy sheriff, or duties of a deputy sheriff, in the splendid isolation of Western Colorado. There, in a high country surrounded by mesas and sagebrush, Sabrina finds home, friendship, and the spark of a new love as she wrestles with the demons of tragic mourning. Back in Iraq. As a presidential visit to the region draws close, a series of small events conspire to undermine some of Sabrina's hard won confidence and erode her spirit. At the same time, a NATO sniper team, thousands of miles away in Iraq, has stumbled upon the makings of a terrorist plot right in Murdoch's backyard. A firefight leaves them stranded with no way of communicating details of their find to their chain of command. For them, it becomes a mile-by-mile struggle to return to their base and send out the warning. As Mike Buffalo and Brad Hall battle their way across the hills of Iraq, a war that left indeniable, an indelible scars on the mind and in the heart of Sabrina Murdoch is on a collision course with her new life and her new home. She read the war. She left the war behind years ago. But now it has faltered to Montrose County, Colorado. Man, you almost want to smoke a cigarette after just reading the description. Reminds me, got to I got to rewrite the description for *Reconnaissance Man*. That thing did not sell. Okay, it has sold, but it hasn't got a lot of reviews, and it has not sold as much as I would like. Is it so wrong for me to want it to go viral, to ever have everyone buy *Reconnaissance Man* or any one of my other books, so that then I can go buy a Shelby Super Snake Mustang GT? Is it so wrong that that money could have gone to help out children with cancer? Is it so wrong that like I don't care? I really that I become that. Actually, that is kind of wrong. See, ooh, that'd make a. That'd make a. Oh, that would pain. Ah, oh, see, why did I go down that road? Now I'm gonna. Now I'm actually gonna think about that. Shit. Like okay, the Super Snake. It's this high end, the highest end Mustang you can ever get. It's what I wanted. It's it's the one. Egregious luxury. I want in life. I don't want anything else. But but, it it's a ninety thousand dollar vehicle. And I was thinking down the road when I'm older, maybe I pick up one user. But then now you start to wonder. Well, that what if that like, then sixty thousand dollars or whatever it might come down in price. That that might go help a kid get a surgery or something. Oh fuck. No, I'm getting the Mustang. Don't, don't care. No, I'm getting the Mustang. The world never helped out me. Why should I help out the world? I'll help out kids in other regards. But until the old cat... No, that, that's what happened. Nope, nope. I'm going back to evil. Genuine evil, self-serving Clary. Being nice, Clary got me nowhere. Being evil, self-serving, Clary got me everywhere. And I'm going to get my Mustang and the kid can die of cancer. And I know, that's horrible. It's just ho- terribly horrible. I don't care. I had a thought. I thought about it a little bit there. And no, no. I'm just being honest. I'm sorry. If I had extra money, sure. You know, all right, we'll help out the kids or something like that, you know, after I take care of my own. But no, what if that kid grew up to be some leftist little social just to swore your pain in the ass? Fuck that bullshit. No way. No way. I know, I know. It's dark. Oh my God. Oh, did he really? You guys would think, you guys would be just as perplexed, or uh, not perplexed, you would be just as, um, quandried. You'd be just as flummoxed. You'd be just as tortured over that decision as me. Take the one thing, the one luxury that you want in life. You know, that whole, you know, would the money go better somewhere else? Probably. But fuck it. And don't don't judge me either because most people decide to go with themselves anyway. All right. Run Guts, Pulp Cones by Adam Piggott. You know, our good buddy Down Under. Uh, but not for long. I think he may be moving to Italy. He's moving out. Moving on out. To the east side, however that song goes, with the black people in that large city in the 70s. Moving on up, that guy who did wisecrack jokes that I can't remember because that show was in the 70s when I was a kid. Uh, I do remember 227. Don't know why we watched that thing. Probably because it was TV and we could watch it. That's when we got color TV. That was the big jump, 1983, when we got a color television because our mom married a guy with more money. That was that was a big thing. And he had two floors. That was the big deal. We he had stairs. I'm not I'm not kidding, guys. People people were like, yeah, you know, if you were if you were living in a one bedroom apartment, you understand. They're like, wow, well, he's got a color TV. And he's got another floor. <laughs> oh, Every once in a while, I'm like, why well, wasn't that bad? Did I really, you know, I wasn't born in Africa. I was like, no, it was pretty bad. It was, it was pretty bad. I could have my own Pepsi. That was the other thing. You could have your own can of Pepsi. Now with EBT, all these fat fucking kids, you can't tell if they're standing on their feet or their hands because they're so fat. You can't see their face between their asses. Just with this ro- these round spheres all rolling up to the 7-Eleven or the Quickie Mart to go take their mom's EBT car to get themselves a 64-ounce a liter of, uh, of Coke. And here we are. I remember McDonald's was, it was, it was a treat. It was a luxury at one time. Uh, so we have Adam Pigott's books, uh, Run Guts, Pull Cones, and Pushing Rubber Downhill. And if you would like to visit Adam's site, you can go to pushingrubberdownhill.com where Adam has his blog and his podcast um, and all that good stuff. His book's also available in paperback and Kindle, and I think Pushing Rubber Downhill is available in audio. Uh, Alex Peck's Average Married Dad's Guide to Health, Wealth, and a Sexy Marriage. This man I have met in person, and trust you me, he knows exactly what he is. Healthy, he's wealthy, and he does have a sexy marriage. So if you are married, go get that book. Give it to your wife. She's the one that needs I know. God, oh, geez. I was picking on the women. I'm sorry, ladies. You're only 75% as good. If you worked harder, you'd be, you're would be. you the ones that need to improve. You need to earn more. You need to work 25% harder. Go to STEM degrees 25% more. Get 25% more, more hustle and take 25% less time off, and then you will close the wage gap. And then Chris Muir's Day-by-Day Day Cartoon. If you want your daily dose of political humor, go to daybydaycartoon.com where Chris Muir will go ahead and tickle your humor bones and tickle your fancies uh, with his wit. And with... I haven't seen him this year. Did not see him this year. Normally I go and, and check in on him. He is a very wise man. He's one of the few people I would call a mentor. Oh, I got to add run ads on him. Hang on, let's put that on the to-do list switched, they did this honest to God, advertising on the internet is so, the only ones that have their act together is Google Facebook and everybody else has got it's all fucked up, not not Chris he went through this thing called Project Wonderful and you want to talk about it took me two hours to figure out and that's still one of the best ones advertise on day by day oh yeah and by the way if you want to advertise on the site, you should. Just like Tom Likus. He's He's got the traffic and he's got the shit. And he will get back to you. It used to be uh, this project, man. If you ever want to get into the world of blogging, podcasts, or whatever, you want to run ads, you can either contact the site directly and say, hey, could you put up an image with a link? And then, oh my god, I don't know how to do that. Jesus Christ, no. Or they will already have a website with uh, a company like Project Wonderful which is still good uh and blogads.com that one is uh, but uh, basically it's uh, they do all the marketing for the website host and that way the people can just focus on content and then you go and you sign up through blogads.com or project wonderful and then you say I like this and then I wish it was that easy, but it's not. You have to spend two hours finding sites that are aligned with you, and and yeah, it's just. And what I ended up doing, what you find out, you end up doing is you spend a good forty hours, a full work week on this, uh, only to maybe make an extra two or three hundred dollars, and it's just not worth it. So, anyway. Uh that's it. What else we got? Do I want to do news? Now, listen, man. I like the news. You guys like the news? I'm gonna. Briefly talk about this, because I just don't care. I really don't care. People were asking, oh, what about the Republican health care bill? I don't know. I know nothing about it. And this is exactly why I know nothing about it. This is exactly why I don't pay attention to it, because the Republicans fucked up. They fumbled the ball. Let me, let me explain to you. I'm not joking. I'm, uh, haha, if I were king. No, I'm being deadly serious. If I was president, and I had both the House and the Senate on my political party, I would gather everyone together. And I would say, we're not fucking this up. We have to be on the same page. We have to have good legislation that is going to repeal Obamacare. And that could be it right there. We repeal it. It goes back to whatever. And then we come up later on with an idea. There would be time and effort put together up front, consulting with doctors and inside and say, okay, uh, what are we going to replace it with? Or is it going to be vouchers? Whatever heck even single pair whatever but there would be one bill and then every republican or whoever my political party would be at the time would vote for it and it would pass and that would happen in i would say the first three weeks uh certainly the repeal we could do that in a couple days or what what goes on in in place of it because of various problems with the healthcare industry of which i'm not going to delve into uh, that that warrants some additional bills to be passed. But, simply repealing Obamacare, that would have been happening in about 48 hours of me being president. Once everyone was sworn in, meeting, here's what we're going to do. And if you motherfuckers aren't on board with this, well, there might be some polonium in your coffee. You never know, Putin might come for a, a visit. Jeez, we can make it look like the Russians did that. But they didn't do that. They didn't. Do that. I mean, what we're uh, what two two months fully into the the new administration, and and it's, oh, well, here we'll read it. The specter of another government shutdown is emerging on Capitol Hill, among concerns that Republican leaders, who failed to unite the party last week on an Obamacare overhaul, will likely will likely struggle to finalize a spending package before the April twenty eighth deadline. And, and like terrorist attacks in Europe, I don't get excited about the prospects of the specters. Of government shutdowns, I have zero fucks left to give. This is not news, but it is an, an additional bit of evidence or proof that the Republicans are not. Trump may be the you may you may hate him, you may dislike him for whatever and many legitimate reasons. I understand why people don't like Trump. I understand. He's the only non-politician out there, though, right now. And the one thing I do have a little bit more hope than the average person. It's very rare for me to be hopeful. Is that he is an executive. He is not a politician, and you may not like that he's brash and crude and and forthright and forward. But there is no ambiguity as to what this man thinks and stands for. None. He'll tweet it out at 3 a.m. <laughs> like a drunk girl confessing her love for you. A drug. They. They. The truth will come out with Trump. But he don't need no booze to help with that. He's got Twitter at 3 a.m. So he's gonna. You'll know. You'll know. Uh, but aside from him, no, they, we, we, we still have to deal with a legislature, thankfully, separation of powers. But that legislature is headed up by predominantly old Rhino Republicans. And, and even if they are not Rhino, there are conservatives. Again, Republicans, people who are conservative that run for office are dumb. Because if you're a smart conservative or libertarian or free marketer, you go and work in the private sector and make a lot more money. Whereas if you're a really smart leftist, that that's what you're supposed to do is go work in government. This is why the Democrats run circles around the Republicans. Democrats, at least in office, at least the politicians, are infinitely smarter, more cunning, more clever. They'll have more guile, and they have less morals. I'll grant them that, too. So they can just run run circles around these fucking retards. But the 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 Republicans in office, and not just Congress, but the Republicans in any government institution are statistically likely to be the rejects that couldn't get they're the, they're the they're the marching band of everything that goes into into uh, into a football game i mean there's even more analogies we can i'm thinking about there's a lot of analogies the real football players the real athletes are the ones making money making a living Uh, raising families, having kids, enjoying life. Those are the ones with the hustlers, the entrepreneurs, uh, and not necessarily millionaires, but the ones actually going out and living life. They are in demand, and they are employed by the private sector. They are on the field. The cheerleaders, which are dumber than a box of rocks, are your Laura Southerns, your, uh, oh, there was another one. I picked on Millennial Millie, but there was like this really, Leanne, andrew is that it? Leanne, Leanne Andrew, Alex Jones. I didn't know he had two gals. Leanne McAdoo. McAdoo. McAdoo? Leanne McAdoo. For crying out loud, hang on. Yeah, All right, Leanne McAdoo. With the biggest set of cans in the entire... Uh, non-leftist world, uh, her and the Millennium Minis and whoever else, they are the cheerleading team. They are not vital for the team to win. Matter of fact, they're not doing any of the heavy. They're just cheering on, uh, but if they were to actually go on the field and try and take on the leftist, they'll get the ass kicked. And I know, I know I've know, i been down this road before. I'm sure some of them are smart. I'm sure they are. Uh, but uh, they, they, they are not... They are not the originators. They're not being hired for that. They're hired to wave their pom-poms and do that. Now, the rejects, the complete morons, the the genuinely retarded, the below 100 IQ people, the ones that I see when I go to Republican meetings, which is, is far and few between because I can't stand the stupidity and the incompetence, those guys are the marching band. They go out and they run uh, for public office. They get into Congress, city council, uh, county government, whatever. The people who are not good enough to actually be the athletes on the field, nor pretty enough to be cheerleaders, they go into marching band. And that is the Republican Party, the uh, proper. Those are the politicians. And so it is not surprising to me that the Republican politicians have fucked this one up as they always have, because you are dealing with incompetent people. Very incompetent people. Uh, We should not take things for granted, especially after what happened last week. Oklahoma GOP representative Tom Cole told Fox News, the last thing we need is a self-inflicted crisis. There, frankly, isn't much time. Voters largely blamed congressional Republicans for the last shutdown in 2013 when they engaged in a budget standoff with Senate Democrats and President Obama over Obamacare funding, and they collapsed. Much of the federal government shuddered From October 1 to 16, during the fight driven by the Tea Party sage Ted Cruz, Republican Texas, and the Conservative Heritage Foundation, both influential in sinking House Speaker Paul Ryan's Obamacare overhaul bill. To avoid a repeat this year, Congress is eyeing a short-term measure known as a continuing resolution. This could bundle the roughly 12 spending bills to get 12 spending bills. Jesus Christ. Despite Ryan's uh, pledging last year to try and end that practice, Cole, a member of the House Appropriations Committee, which has jurisdiction over the spending bills that fund several agencies. Blah, 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 blah. Do you understand why I don't pay attention to politics anymore? Do you understand? Nothing changes. Not the only thing worth paying attention to in politics right now is, is foreign affairs, you know, if there's an attack or something like that, and Trump. Because the only thing different that's going to happen will be Trump. Maybe you could say the social justice warriors um, over the next four years watching these mid-age to older millennials as they're dumped out in the real world and they don't have any skills. I'd be curious to see what they do if they become extreme, if there's terrorist attacks, stuff like that. Uh, but by and large, the only thing worth paying attention in politics right now is our president of the United States, Donald Trump. The rest of it, Republican or Democrat, there's no reason to watch it. There's just none. Don't get your hopes up about Obamacare being repealed in a year and nine months. The Democrats will take over Congress uh, because the Republicans will fuck it up. They will have and and I don't believe. I do not believe the Republicans will ever get the Congress back in the next two more elections that would occur midterm elections. Uh, no, uh, only that's the yeah. <clears throat> so it's two years. Two yeah. They and then the Republicans will have squandered the chance. Uh, I don't think Trump will get reelected unless the Democrats are stupid enough to run someone as bad as Hillary Clinton. Uh, who knows? They might even choose a white guy. <laughs> they might go with not vag this time around because reasons. Uh, but the Republicans have one year and nine months to pass shit. They have already wasted out of 24 months, three, that's one eighth. Did I do the math right? Three out of four. Three months, they've pissed it out of two years before the midterms, they lose it. 12.5%. One eighth of the time has already been squandered dicking around, and not one fucking thing has been done. If Cappy was president, there would be a flat sales tax, the welfare state would be handed down to the states. Local governments. Social Security would be handed down to the states and local governments. Uh, what else would we have done? We would have eliminated the corporate income tax. Among all the other, we would just have a flat sales tax. Uh, there would be a balanced budget amendment with a 10-year move towards it provision for reasons I'm not going to delve into now. And Obamacare would have been repealed. And its I don't really think it's Trump on this. I, I do have to say 95% of the blame are the slow-ass, dumb, retarded, missing a couple chromosome Republicans who couldn't make it in the private sector, who aren't on the football football uh, field playing football, and they are not pretty enough to be cheerleaders. It is the marching band Republicans who are fucking this shit up with their dick. I had to show you how. Let me let me show you what the average Republican, not the dumb, not the smart, but just the average Republican politician. This is something I'll, I'll talk about. This is here. I forget the guy's name, but a state legislature uh, in Minnesota, he's a Republican, and they have, or had, for the 20 years I've been in Minnesota, this stupid, I mean dumber than all, dumber than squirrel nut stupid, debate about whether or not liquor stores should be open on Sundays, This has been a debate probably longer than when I've been here. The same thing, you can't sell cars in Minnesota on Sundays because these good fucking Norwegians with their fucking diverse, whatever fucking worthless culture came with them, even though I find out I'm Scandinavian. Um, this is something they go, oh, you can't sell cars or booze on Sunday for reasons. Now the solution that all of you are saying right now is what fucking right is it of the governments to legislate when liquor stores and car stores, let alone any business, can and cannot be open for business. What right is that? Now, you would also then go to speculate or theorize or observe. that. wait a minute. I don't see why Democrats would be against this either. So the Republicans should be for this on free market principled grounds. The Democrats would be for it because it's vice and cars they'd be a little bit indifferent about, but booze, hey, they, they, they in other words, it's not taking any money out of there. It doesn't affect unions. It doesn't affect their teacher parasites. It doesn't affect academia, and it doesn't affect their parasitic constituents. Yeah, sure, all right, hey, you know what? They'd probably be for it because booze, that way their loser welfare constituents could buy booze at the liquor store, at the trailer park or the ghetto or the barrio. So the Democrats would be for it too. You say, well, what? what's the holdup? Well, be it the Democrats or the Republicans, I think it was a lot of the conservative, Christian-type Republicans. It finally passed this year because in part of a speech this one Republican legislature gave. He says, you know, I used to be against liquor sales on Sunday till a man came in. He had long hair, leather jacket, some piercings, and this guy's like the fucking swipplest swippily that ever swippled. And uh, he says, how is buying booze on Sunday, me buying booze on Sunday, going to affect you? And then I realized I was wrong this entire time. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You are in the state legislature. You have been there for a while. And you are such a rookie league, dipshit Republican, heck, f- f- political philosoph- uh, Philosopher that you couldn't understand this concept of freedom and the right. You're on the pro-capitalist side, the free market side, where the government shouldn't be intervening, and you couldn't understand. It took some kid to come in with a really freshman year, college-level, late-night dormitory. We think we're so smart, we're going to solve the world's problems because we all agree with one another type of 19-year-old discussions we have in the dorm room. It took that low level of intelligence uh, of an argument to get you to realize that the government sticking its nose in with uh, liquor stores when they should and should not be over. That's none of your business, and that's stupid. And so it, I, I'm i like, this is how much time have the legislatures and the state wasted on this bullshit. That's what really pissed me off. I'm like, you guys, really? This is the biggest thing you got going on? This keeps coming up. Why are we wasting our time with this? But that shows you he's neither dumb nor smart. But that shows you how dumb the average Republican politician is. And you got what, fifty-one of these fuckers in the Senate, and then who knows, two hundred odd, whatever we got in the in the in the House. You think these guys are going to do something with Obamacare? You think these dipshits? who, again, could not hack it in the private sector and play football, nor are pretty, to, uh, pretty enough to uh, be the cheerleaders. You think the marching band is going to head up very important issues like the national debt tax policy, let alone have the balls, or the gall, at least the left has balls. The left has guts, man. They will pass through any fucking shit, as evidenced by Obama. They'll do it. They'll ramrod it through. And these these ballless wimpy... Uh, uh, styrofoam spined republicans oh, well, let's just get along oh, yeah we should we i don't know if we should have liquor seals on sunny that's what you're dealing with that's why i don't care anymore i i there's a piece of me that would desperately love to go into the republican party i've said this before i have an idea to replace the republican party and it would work then there's a piece of me that's like i wouldn't mind running for governor of minnesota Or running for a Senate seat or running for for Congress. And the reason why is I'm 100%, well, not 100% confident, but I'm reasonably confident that I would win. Because, like Trump, the American people are sick and tired of fucking, uh, what is it called? It's the, you want a, a lying saint or a truthful sinner? They are sick and tired of the lying saints and they want a truthful sinner. And I am a truthful sinner. I will come in, I will shoot from the hip, I will tell people what's what, I'd be more than entertaining as fuck, and that's about half the reason I'd like to run for office, because it'd be entertaining as fuck, it'd be fun, then it dawned on me, holy shit, that would be real work, I'd have to, I I imagine you gotta wake up at like 8, then we have to go to the office, you gotta listen to people, Your, your, your clients are the American people, oh, the dumbest group of fucktards there ever was. And then my coworkers are a bunch of either dipshit dumb Republicans or skeething, snidling, scummy, parasitic, leftist communist fucks, although they'd be fun to fuck around with. I would call them the, the Communist Party because that's why. I, I could have fun with it. But then I thought, oh wait, do you know how much work that would be? Yeah, you know how much I'd have to give up to do that? There's no way. No way. I got too good of a life now. There's no way I could have, I'd could, ever run for governor or anything like that. But that's not going to happen. Because once again, people in the private sector, I'm on the football team. I'm having a good time playing football. Maybe I'll go home and bang one of those cheerleaders. You never know. But the, but the fuck if I'm going to go play in that marching band? Cause see, I'd be like Matt Baldoni. I'd have to be the head. I'd be like, you know, he, he plays guitar, but I'd be playing saxophone or something like that. I'd no marching band is uniform conformity. At least in the Republican side of things, no one person stands out. No solos. And, the, and that'd be the only reason to go into the marching band. That's not going to happen. That's not worth it. I want to go. Play. I'm having much more fun playing football. And that's why. I mean, unless, unless. There was a concerted effort at the top of the Republican Party, which again is headed up by the lowest ranked retards of the marching band world. They're not going to go on a recruitment. That'd be the best thing that the Republican Party could do, is they come up with an entire division to go and recruit good quality people to run for office. Say, we want you to run for office. We want you to run for office. Not who's the most connected on, on, uh, on, on District 13 who, who's been here and, and, and they have the polls with the string. I know somebody personally who's in local politics and the amount of petty bullshit crap that goes on and how they currently select, oh, bullshit. That's why you get stupid people. That's why Obamacare isn't repealed yet and we're already 12.5%. We've already wasted 12.5% of a Republican majority Congress and a Republican president. Nothing has actually changed. No real major laws. I know there's some decrees and Sessions just cut all the funding to uh, the sanctuary. That's good. That's good. But there's no wall. There's no mass deportation. There's no deportation army. Oh, Clary would have Operation Wetback 2. Look it up. It's not a racist term. Operation Wetback. That was a real, not Operation Wetback 2. That's what I would do. That's what President Clary. That would have been. Once we did recruiting and training, yeah, we'd be rounding up the recruiting and the training by now, and we'd have about a million uh, it'd be a jobs program to about a million person army of ICE. Remember that? Imagine that. A million army of ICE agents. That'd be <laughs> But that's that's why I don't watch the that's why I don't care anymore. I just want to point it out. It doesn't matter what the news is about. The the news is that the Republicans failed. The news is that there's this is nothing new. The news is that the news people decided that this was worth covering the news because, oh, Republicans failed. Man fills up gas tank in New York City. Details at 10. Republicans fumble the ball again. Marching band still full of virgins. I, <laughs> Baldoni denied opportunity to solo at marching band football game. <laughs> so choose your poison. I mean, you know, I, I just... I got better shit to do in my life than read through uh, politics. All right, let's go and do the rest of the sponsors here. Uh, Asshole Consulting, if you need me to tell you what to do so you don't fuck up your life, go to assholeconsulting.com and I'll help you out there. it cost you money. If you'd like to advertise on the podcast and my other social media formats, be it the YouTube channel or my blog, it's $100 a month. Contact me, let me know. Chad Elkins at ElkinsCPA.com. It's coming towards crunch time. Get your taxes done. By going to elkincpa.com, contact Chad him Know the old captain sent you. That way, I get free lodging when I visit uh, Colorado on his fine couch. By the way, all this plugging—it is just so I get I get free lodging on his fine couch. That's <laughs> how cheap. Something. If you have look, if you live in an area that's very nice, like if you live in Moab, and uh, you're willing to give me free lodging because it's expensive as all her- hell there out in Moab, I will plug whatever you want. You got a horse farm? I will say horses are the greatest thing ever. Uh, but yeah, if I could stay in Moab for free, holy shit. That Because that, that Moab is... It, it, basically, Moab is a, is a small town stuck in between two national parks and a bunch of national forest land. And it's it, take, it would take me three solid months of hiking every day for 10 miles a day to fully explore that area. Uh, then we have four, uh, League of Extraordinary Podcasters, 405media.com. Obsidian Radio, Uh, O'Shea Jackson, he has a new site, Um, O'Shea's blog, look that up. I've emailed him, he's never gotten back to me. O'Shea, get in contact with me, I want to interview you and find out what the hell happened. YouTube like, just magically had him lose 36,000 subscribers. And so that's not going to last. YouTube and Amazon, that shit is not going to last. They just simply don't want to give you the money and they're monopolists, they can do that. Who are you gonna do? Go? What are you gonna to go to? Gonna to go to Daily Motion? I have a Daily Motion account. Just so you're wondering, if also my YouTube channel goes away, uh, I will have my Daily Motion account or VidMe. I haven't figured out which, I, but uh, you know that's that's where I'll go. But my God, it's as much as you may want to hate on YouTube, they are better than any other video platform out there. Amazon affiliate is better than any other Amazon, uh, affiliate program out there. Uh, but anyway, so Financial Survival Network <clears throat> with Kerry uh, Lutz. Canto Talk, uh, blogtalkradio.com. Go to Canto Talk. Just search Silvio Canto, our good friend from Cuba who is a proud American today. Uh, BlowMeUpTom.com. That's Tom Likas' uh, site. If you don't listen to Father Tom, listen to Father Tom. St. Lycus, he saved many young men's lives, and you should uh, listen to him as well. And then the Cynical Libertarian Society is you go to not civil cynical libertarian dot com. Go to CyNlibSosh. C Y N L I B S O C dot com. And uh go and tune in to him. If you want pure rage uh and stuff I would disagree with a fair amount of time. But I actually like it. That's one of the reasons I like because there's a I wouldn't say a fair amount, but there's some, there's some things I'm like, whoa, no, no, I do not agree. No, no, but uh, I'll take somebody that's got rage and passion any day over the greatest empiricist who talks in an NPR voice at a TED Talk. I will because it's just, I'll, I'd rather sit and hang out with Michael Savage uh, than Milton Friedman. I know Milton Friedman, I'd I like to hang out with Milton Friedman too, but honestly, who would you rather hang out with, huh? Who would you rather go scope for chicks with, Michael Savage or Milton Friedman? I'd like to hang out with Dr. Savage. Academiccomposition.com, if you're looking to have your homework and your finals and your papers and all that, your term papers written, go to Academiccomposition.com Or Alex and his crackpot team of writing staff will write your worthless, pointless, unnecessary prerequisite class papers for you. Uh, Also, he's looking to always hire for people to do marketing for his company as well as um, write for him uh, write the papers. Uh, you can do it from anywhere. These aren't high-paying jobs. They are not glorious jobs, but they do pay, and they can be done from anywhere. So I would recommend, uh, if you don't have any money and you'd like to work from home or you'd like to work from a beach, contact Alex at academiccomposition.com. Regardless of why, whether or why you are contacting him, Lemno, the old captain sent you uh, so he knows to keep advertising sponsoring here. If you are looking for people to do some audio work for you, may I recommend dot 138.blogspot.com, and undertowaudio.com. Both are two young men. Two, both are professional. <clears throat> both of them do a really good job, and both are affordable. So if you are an author, or for whatever reason you have the need for a voice actor, please consider contacting them. Let them know the captain sent you. Instagram.com slash ultimate reading list. Go there. If you are looking for a book, you don't know, ah, what book should I get? I'm, I like to read. Are these good books? I don't know. Is that a bad book? Well, try Max's Ultimate Reading List by going to Instagram.com slash Ultimate Reading List. Also, if you happen to be an author, Max would like you to advertise on his site. It costs $100 a month, but it absolutely is worth it because I have advertised on his site and I've gotten more than the $100 I invested, so it absolutely is worth it. At least for that first couple months, it was it was definitely worth it. Uh, you can email Max by me emailing him at max at wooter.co, max at wooter, uh, spelled W-O-O, T-E-R.co, not .com, .co. Uh, and then uh, we have uh, Gab, Twitter, Minds.com. Basically, if you would be so kind as to subscribe to all my social media, I know you don't like doing that. Someone finally sat me down and explained to the old Gen Xer why that is. I know the more subscribers you have, the more traffic that gets. It's like, I, I've explained it before, it's it's uh, the laws of, of physics, of gravity. The more mass you have, the more you will attract. Uh, so that's why everybody wants you to like, comment, subscribe. But if you could, I know it's a pain, you don't want to give me money, and there's nothing, you don't have anything to buy on Amazon, you don't want to buy any of my sponsor stuff. If you please could, like, subscribe, comment's a pain in the ass, don't feel bad if you don't comment, I understand that, or share. So go follow me on Twitter uh, like me on like the videos wait what is it v- uh, oh and then also if you happen to be on gab.ai or minds.com I'm there too but anyway drop in say hi send Facebook friend requests whatever uh, you know just it's 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 playing the algorithms it's playing the game that's what it is uh, but if you have some time and you'd like to help me out b- best of all would be share that really is if you could just tell friends, that you like, who aren't going to hate you, who, you know, fine fellow, like-minded individuals. Or if you happen to have a girl and you want to play hardball, and say, eh, you better listen to this before I ask you out on a date, and let me know what you think. That'd be that'd be a way to get a lot of not dates. That'd be a way to go on very little dates. Uh, you can do that. We have my two classes: the analysis evaluation of stocks, and stocks bond investing. Oh my! Um, if you are curious about how the world of finance and investing works. You want to get into a 401k IRA? Why don't you take these classes first, so you know what you're doing? Uh, Those are available online, and you could take them anywhere around the world, all right? Because they're online, so they're offered through hundreds of different community programs, and you know the local school district or whatever. Uh, and you want to go where it's cheapest because it's again online. The only way you may want to pay more is because you have to take it at the school you're going to because you want to get credit. That's about the only other way I could see it. It's offered at some colleges as like an actual college class, which is cool. you know I'm, I guess I'm an actual professor. I I, I am what I hate now, apparently. Uh, but yeah, so you could take those two classes, the analysis evaluation of stocks and stocks bonds investing, oh my, while we are talking about retirement and investing. I know I am all about. I am more of the Dave Dave Ramsey type of person. Pay off your debts, minimalism, blah 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 blah. Uh, and a lot of that's going into the next essay I'm writing, which is slowly, I think, going to become a book. Maybe they all start as essays. They, I was like, "Ah, there's going to be no more than 20 pages." 20 pages later, oh, I'm not even done with chapter one. Crap. Uh, it, it's it's going to be a very very short book or a very very long essay. But I, I'm going to stick with essay. Uh, but it is going to be about retirement planning and stuff like that. Regardless, uh, Betterment. I have an affiliate program with Betterment. If you happen to be in the envious position where you've paid off all your loans, you have nothing else to do with your money, and if for any other reason you're starting to think with an IRA, be it a Roth or traditional, uh, please go through my affiliate program for Betterment. The reason is not just that I make money off of it, but if I ever get to the point that I pay off my house, Betterment's where I'm going to go because it is the lowest cost way to invest in an IRA. And the way they do that is they only invest in indexed funds, and they are a robo-advisor. So indexed funds, they already beat the majority of investment professionals, and since they mimic, they match the index, there's no research or analysis that goes into them. It's literally just matching what is of the S&P 500. So that has lower overhead costs. And then it's a robo-advisor, meaning instead of paying Slicky McSlickerson, 1, 2, 5% of your assets every year to enter in numbers into a financial analytical software that tells him what to tell you what to invest in. The robo-advisor has that exact same questionnaire online. You enter that information and it tells you what to invest in. And then all you have to do is click a couple buttons. You're investing in the corresponding mutual funds and boom, you got yourself an IRA portfolio already set up, tailored towards your personal taste and preferences for risk, what kind of rates of return you want, what kind of budget you want, how old you are, how old you're going to be when you're tired, how old you're going to be when you die, all that other stuff. Uh, So uh, I endorse it very fully. That's what I'm going to use. You guys just know me. I'd rather buy guns and bullets and booze and silver and pay off my house. Uh, I'll get there. One of these days I'll get there. I just have nothing. I just like, ugh. The stock market valuations are horrible. They're just horrible. Because I've been doing the research for the new book coming out, and I'm just like, God dang it, it's even worse. Did a post recently, housing evens back up to where it was before. There's some other things that isn't, it isn't as bad as it was in 2006, 2005, but I'm like, God almighty, price the rents are back to where they were. Uh, all right, Um, I got fan mail. Let's do the fan mail real quick. Cap, uh, to the Cap Capitalism, I, hi, I was listening to your latest podcast where you were mentioning clubhouses. I'm 29, and when I was a kid, we definitely went out into the woods and built things. We called them forts, though. It's the same, same thing. Uh, I remember in the woods near my house, some kids built a whole bunch of quite impressive teepees by leaning a bunch of really tall logs against the central tree. They then wove unfolded cardboard boxes throughout the logs so the whole structure was covered. We never found out who built those, but we played in them all the time. We also built our own somewhat less impressive fort to, forts, too. Yeah, it was probably 14 or 15-year-olds that built those. I'm pretty sure I was part of the last generation that played outside every day and came home when it got dark. Well, thank you, Peter. Thanks for the email. Yeah, you probably were. I, I just don't know. I'm, I got friends with kids, and I can almost, I don't even have to ask. I know they don't play outdoors. They're on their phones. They're on their widgets. They're on their things. Well, whores will have their knickknacks. Some black books. No, whores will have their trinkets. Well, whores will have their trinkets. All right, that's it. We'll catch up with you guys later. Uh, Share the podcast with uh, everybody you think would like it and we'll punch you in the face for sharing it. We'll see you later. Toodles.